Hi everyone and welcome to Wholeness with Hannah, a podcast to remind you that your personal whole is the only goal. Feeling whole and aligned can mean totally different things to different people. Give yourself permission to love what you love, feel what you feel and believe that you deserve everything that you want just because you want it. Me and my guests discuss all things mental, physical, spiritual and financial health alongside tools, practices and concepts that can help to enhance the everyday experience of life. I can't promise that we won't go a little off topic at times because I warn you now, I'm a bit of a talker, but I hope this podcast leaves you a little more equipped than it found you. Nobody else is you and that is your power. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Wholeness with Hannah. Before I get into it, I just want to say that we are going to be talking about eating disorders. So if that doesn't feel appropriate for you right now, then please feel free to skip this episode. We have got plenty of others for you to listen to. This week, I'm joined by Martha. Martha is a trainer at London's leading boutique gym, One Rebel, and has been a fitness trainer for the past five years. With a background and degree in musical theatre, she found a passion for helping others get fitter for shows during her training. In 2019, she first developed disordered eating and fitness patterns, a not-so-uncommon journey for those starting out in the industry. And throughout the past few years, she's worked on recovery and now more than ever has a passion for speaking openly and providing others with the resources to create a healthy relationship with food and exercise. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with her today about all of this, as I love how openly Martha speaks about her journey in order to help others. So welcome to the podcast, Martha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so (laughs) glad you're here. So just for a bit of background, I met Martha at One Ribble because I am a rebel. Um, (laughs) I have a membership and I've ended up in a few of Martha's classes and we then it was one of those organic things where you follow each other on Instagram and I saw how openly she was posting about her journey so that's how we've ended up here today. So to get us started then Martha would you be able to give us a obviously I've mentioned a bit in the intro kind of a bit about yourself and how you've got to where you are in your fitness journey as as a trainer but also where you're at with your eating as well. Yeah so I mean it was a kind of it happens a lot that you kind of train in musical theatre and then you think actually it's not really for me and you end up falling into the fitness industry literally about I'd say probably 70% of the rebel trainers were or maybe still are performers yeah um so yeah I went to college and literally within the kind of first maybe three months of graduating I thought it's not for me Started a a gym near where I was living at the time and just got really passionate about it and ended up just doing it more and more and it became my full-time job. And yeah, I think from there, the whole weight loss thing was very subconscious. I never went out to lose weight. Um, I just think the more exercise you obviously end up doing and I just wasn't really thinking about my eating. I was doing all the things I thought were right and obviously weren't right. Um, And then subconsciously lost weight. And then I think people started commenting on it. And that's when I think I started maybe taking it a bit too far. Did that fuel you, the comments? Was it was it positive comments you were getting? It was, you know, oh my goodness, you look so amazing right, right now. Or like, you look so fit. Or like, oh, you're six pack. <laughs> All these kind of yeah. things. And at the time, I think that does, it does fuel you. And I think I know people mean it in a nice way. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, I didn't take it very well. <laughs> totally. I totally agree. So what happened then? So you'd lost the weight. People were commenting. Did it Did did it get worse? Um. Yeah, it definitely got worse. I think it was, I was able to ignore it for quite a while. Like I'd say probably a whole year. Right. I just carried on with all the habits. People had made comments. I was just ignoring them. I was getting angry if they were telling me off and not eating really? enough. I got quite snappy. 
And then I think when lockdown happened, that was the real kind of turning point of where I went full in with like, okay, well, I can't control my job anymore because I haven't really got, well, I have got one, but I'm not able to teach fitness class anymore. So what else can I control? I'm going to control my food and my exercise even more. Yeah, so coming coming to that then, I think that's a really important point, isn't it? Because um, I think a lot of eating disorders are triggered by control issues. And it's interesting that you say that. So then did you notice at the time, and you know, you said a lot of it was subconscious. Did you notice at the time you were like, I can control this and I can't control anything else right now? Or was, yeah. it, was it still subconscious at this point? Uh, it was It was all subconscious, I'd say, until lockdown. Right. Because I think lockdown, I then wasn't able to distract myself with yeah. work or with other fitness classes or walking about 10,000 miles a day. I was able to kind of actually sit at home and I think that's being around my family as well that was when I it was made more obvious because I think my mum had kind of made a few comments and she'd noticed it a bit more right and I wasn't able to distract myself because I was literally doing not a lot during lockdown (laughs) yeah and then did you you, did you talk to your mum about it did you talk to yeah me and mum have always been very open about about it um we're very close family um I think my dad and my brother didn't really understand it at the time but I think because my mum has been through similar things Um, she was able to understand it and she kind of never said anything to kind of actually make me get help. That all came from me in the end. It was very much like, you know, have you thought about this? We kind of came together. And do you think that was the right approach? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, because it's got to come from you. Is that why? Yeah, yeah. I think everyone with eating disorder, as much as you want to help other people, it has to come from the person with yeah. the eating disorder. Like. You know, everyone's always like, oh, what should I do about my friend or what should I do about my mum or my sister? And it's always like, just let them know you're there. Okay, that's a great piece of advice because I was going to ask you then yeah. if, if anyone has a friend or a family member that, you know, they can see that mm. there is a problem, what would be your advice to them? And I guess it's then kind of just let them know you're there. Yeah. Without Because it's, it's probably, I imagine, a very sensitive subject, isn't it, for for the person going through it as well? Like. Would how would you think you would have reacted if your mum had been a bit more direct and said, "There's a problem here." Yeah, I like, kind of told you how you felt. Would that how do you think you would have reacted? I think to be fair, I have had well, there was a few kind of friends and family members who had said things maybe in a way of like, "Can't you just eat this instead?" or like, "Can't oh. you just stop doing it?" That's that for me made me more angry and more upset because I didn't see there was a problem. I was getting I was getting very defensive, very agitated, and I think I mean. The way my two best friends dealt with it was honestly the perfect way. They both just <laughs> took me out to coffee and they were just like, we're going out for coffee, do you want to join? And we met We met for coffee and they kind of just sat me down. We had a normal conversation and they were like, well, the reason we've actually brought you here is we are a little bit worried. We just want to let you know we are here for you. Like, can you speak to someone? And I think that was a really nice way of doing it. Yeah, that's lovely. Mm. Okay, that's really good advice. That's great to know. So then once your, what happened once your friends did that? When my friends did that, I then reached out to Rini McGregor, who is a professional in that okay. field. Uh, so I had a Skype, not Skype, what was it called? Zoom. Had Zoom call with her um, during so lockdown. What, what, when you say professional in that field? She's what? a uh, dietitian. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, I had a Zoom call with her about everything. Just went through my background, um, my weight, what had happened. like, And basically she kind of gave me a almost goal and kind of a plan Mm -hmm. um and that went on I mean I saw her in October 2020 I kind of pretended to do all the work really okay kind of quasi recovery 
kind when of attempted it. When you say pretended, it. what do you mean by that? You know, I was attempting to do things, but still secretly, still avoiding actually recovery. Right. I think I was still, I'd say, oh yeah, well, I'm not doing as much exercise, but I'd still go on a three hour walk. It was okay. all very much, well, I'm not doing this, but. And was that because there was a part of you that was like, I don't want to put on any Yeah. Way. I can't put on any weight. Yeah, I think I'd attached myself. Was it part of your identity? Yeah, I'd attached myself to the kind of fitness, the skinny, the slim. Yeah. The slim one. Yeah. And I think without that, I was very like, oh, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who I am anymore, like without it. Yeah, I can, yeah. And, and I was going to also ask you about the identity piece, actually, because I think once you do become that, that... I imagine is one of the hardest things to break out mm. of because I mean just this is obviously not the same but one time I I you know when I was 21 I kind of lost loads of weight I was at uni I me and me and my friends at the time were like okay we're gonna get super thin and thin because you know it's that era and skinny girls are in and all that and we did and we I mean I I'll speak for me not them but I definitely controlled what I ate I, I thought carbs were the devil and I just remember it was my final year at uni and I went home and my dad was like you've where have you gone kind of thing and I remember a few people would make comments I wasn't I don't I wasn't you know like I didn't look like I, I really unwell but I had noticed that I noticeably mm. lost weight and I'm quite athletic build so I got quite toned quite easily but the only way, I'm not naturally, I don't have a great metabolism naturally. So the only way I could then lose the weight on top of the tone was to not eat much. Mm. Um, and I thought carbs were the devil. And it was kind of this period in my life where I then attached myself to like, oh, people are saying I've lost weight. And I remember some people would be like, oh, Hannah, where have you gone? Kind of thing. You look great. Um, and I always remember this time when after uni, in between starting my job, we had three months off and me and my friends went to Thailand and we went on a boat trip and we were given lunch for the day. And in the lunch, obviously, we're in Thailand, it was rice mm. and something else. And I just, I, oh, I don't know how, why this always sticks in my mind, but I remember going, I'm not touching that rice. I'm not going to eat that rice. And I didn't eat the rice. And there was a time where I could ignore the carbs on my plate. I can't do that now and I don't want to do that now. <laughs> no. But I think there was, I, I, I'm like, there might still be this thing around carbs where they're the devil. But obviously you as a fitness trainer as well, you were obviously, your body would need more fuel than the mm. average person. So did you find that, what kind of, like, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of foods were you eating? I think, I mean, I wasn't eating pre-teaching. Right. I think that's the massive thing that I was okay. kind of told to do as I was always teaching spin classes, bear this in mind. Like, that's quite a lot of exercise, yeah. uh, doing it on an empty stomach. Um I then probably would go to the gym straight after the spin class, really? come home, have a brunch, which would consist of like rice cakes, maybe a bit of avocado, maybe a quarter of an avocado if I was lucky. Right. Uh, I basically just filled my plate with so much low calorie food that people would think I was eating still because it was four carrots, a whole iceberg lettuce wow, and then but, two rice cakes. But, yeah, but then that's literally nothing. Um, and then I'd probably walk non-stop all day and, and was then... that in your head were you like right well I've eaten so I have to walk somewhere or if say you were going out for dinner would you think I have to walk to dinner yeah 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 it was very much a how do I balance it out how do I still kind of stay in control of that yeah and I think there's a there is that healthfully too like sometimes I think oh I'm gonna walk today mm. but I guess for you it was more I have to walk I have to walk oh, yeah. well, I can't go for this dinner yeah okay. yeah that's really interesting so then 
leading on, how did you start making some some really positive changes then? Because obviously you have. Yeah, I have massively. Um, I want to say when I I finally reached out to my GP because I've been going through multiple blood tests just to kind of check with hormones and stuff. I always recommend people getting their blood tests done and then actually going to see someone who's kind of qualified in that kind of space. And is this, you'd recommend this at a time when someone's like acknowledged, you know, I, I've got I've got this problem and I want to deal with it. Yeah, or, or if they've lost their menstrual cycle, that's yes, always... that's a big sign, isn't first it? First thing to do is get your bloods checked and... A lot of the time, I'd say maybe three or four times during blood tests results, I got told all of mine are normal. Right. They're absolutely fine. There's no issue here. And then I'd take it to someone who was a professional in maybe eating disorders and they'd be like, oh, <laughs> no, your really? estrogen is way too low. Or I think it's just because they fall within guidelines. But then if yeah. you haven't got a menstrual cycle, your hormones are going to be right very low or not as not normal, basically. So then I got all the blood tests done and then my GP who, I don't know, I don't even know if this was my GP at the time, but they just said, have you ever thought about therapy when I was on the phone? Because I was crying when I got my blood test results. She's like, why are you crying? I was like, still not got a menstrual cycle. And she's like, oh, why did you lose it? And I went through the whole conversation with her and she goes, have you thought about therapy? And I thought, but I, I, no, I've not thought about it, but okay. And she was like, well, I, you know, I'll put you forward for it. I don't know whether you'll be qualified for it. And then next thing I get a phone call from my GP basically being like, we've put you forward and you've been kind of accepted. This is the kind of protocol. You need to be free at this time. You'll have a phone call consultation, have the phone call consultation and then they have to take it away and then you get judged again whether you're right. whether you're kind of qualified to have this. Because especially with talk changes and the kind of that mm. eating disorder pathway, you have to hit certain... Right. So you get like a questionnaire and you get asked your weight and your height and everything like that. So you have to kind of be qualified to get therapy. Um, so yeah, then I was very, very, very lucky that I managed to get therapy within eight weeks okay. on the NHS. I did a 12-week process and it was the best thing I've ever done. Amazing. Mm. So so when you when the therapy helped you then, was that because it was an outlet to talk about how you were feeling and maybe what was contributing to yeah, you. yeah, and also accountability. Seeing someone every single week, getting weighed every single week, oh. doing challenges every single week because I love a plan. I love being organised, and okay. that's right, definitely yeah, my yeah. kind of perfectionism. Yeah. But the fact that I could see her every week, I think that was kind of what pushed me to get better. Because I right. thought I'm not wasting the NHS's time. I yeah. want, you know, I'm not. I'm very lucky that I've managed to get it, and I don't. I've not had to pay for it, so I'm going to go full in. And do you think that was also because at this point you were ready to do that? Yeah, yeah. I think you've got to be ready for it. Like, be ready for yeah, it, it takes time. Yeah, and in in therapy, then did you discuss what had caused it? Um, to be fair, I mean, there wasn't too much. Like, twelve weeks isn't really yeah. that long. We kind of focused more on the present of okay. like how to actively deal with it in today, like kind of what what challenge do I'm going to do this week? It wasn't very much delving into right. the past, but I we did speak about lockdown quite a lot because I think that was my my yeah. biggest kind of issue was the control control thing. Yeah. yeah, and also, when did you, how you perceived yourself? Did you, because you know you said at, but at the start you didn't, you were like, I don't, I don't like these comments because I'm fine. Did you think... You were thin. Could you see that, like, physically if you looked no. in the mirror? 
Really? I'd never thought I was thin enough. Like, even at my skinniest, I remember still looking in the mirror and thinking, still more to go. Really? (laughs) Whereas I look back now and I'm like, wow, like... Yeah, that's super interesting. And I think that is something that a lot of people will resonate Mm. with. Like, you you can't actually see it yourself. No, and you think, well... I'm going to be happier when I lose a bit more. Yes, that is actually mm. such a that is such a thing, isn't it? I'll be happy when I'm thinner. Yeah. Do you think that's society? <sighs> that we kind of I, I think it depends on your age and what generation you're in, but I definitely felt growing up that unless I was thin, I wasn't as valuable. Yeah, and I think especially, I mean, not putting a negative on the fitness industry, but there is a kind of well there was, I'd say anyway, a pressure to look a certain way to get clients but I I mean I think there still is and I don't know if that will ever fully Mm. go because also there are health benefits of being a healthy weight Mm. you know you're not and not being overweight that is one of the biggest things you can do for your health is to not be overweight but you know it can so easily go all the way the other way can't it and I think it's finding that balance and things now like social media you you know all this stuff is put in front of you Mm. and if you don't look a certain way then that's kind of what can trigger you to to want to look the certain way. And the only way you can do that is, you know, sometimes people think is to stop eating. Yeah, and I, I'm definitely guilty of it. When I first joined the industry, I very much thought to be a good trainer, mm-hmm. you have to have a six pack, you have yeah. to be slim, you have to want to look like your trainer. Yeah, that's so And that's I think, you know, I'm, a lot of, I mean, Rebel is brilliant for it. Everyone's, you know, different size, they different are, shape, yeah. different, you know, everyone's so different. And I think that's what makes it so so fab but I think I'll give it my 10 years ago it was all very so true isn't it very different it's definitely getting better at least but I do yeah I don't know I still think there's a way to go but like people like you speaking about it is is going to help a lot of people okay so then I guess on the element of recovery you had your therapy 12 weeks in and then you've come out of it did you then feel like okay I've got a path now. I've started imp- implementing things. Mm. And then were you able to just carry on? Were there setbacks? I mean, there's always yeah. there's yeah. always setbacks. I did recently request to go back to therapy again. Okay. Yeah. Um, I But I didn't fall under the guidelines. Because obviously I, I don't need as much help as some people right. do, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's still... It's weird because with eating disorder, it feels like, yeah, you recovered, but you're never fully recovered. There's always something. I heard a stat that with eating disorders, 30% of people recover, as in recover. You know, Mm. I've I've kind of got through it. 30% of people actually die from eating disorders Mm. and 30%, 40% live with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's always going to be something that triggers me or makes me want to act upon things but I think I'm now in a better place to accept the like acknowledge yeah. the thought yes. and just kind of work with the thought rather than do you meditate it. no no just because you were saying about noticing your thoughts and I and I feel like meditation is a really good tool for that I just yeah I think I notice myself thinking things that are eating disorder related but I just tend to kind of very easily now just ignore them and I think that's due to therapy yeah like there'll be little things like oh maybe I shouldn't have that extra bit of food or maybe I shouldn't or maybe I should do that bit of exercise and I kind of go actually no yeah yeah (laughs) no shut up (laughs) yeah no that's really good that shows how far you've come as Mm. well and I loved an Instagram post you put up recently where your caption was saying how you 
I think it was like, you know, the rice cakes turned into bread yeah. and kind of things like that. And and then were they things you noticed along the way? You were like, I'm going to I'm gonna eat this now. Yeah, well, I, I just, that was actually from a jur- journal. I, oh. I don't tend to journal, but I mm. used to journal a lot. And then... Yeah, that's probably a really good tool, isn't yeah. it, the time for that? Yeah, and I look back at my old journal now and I'm literally like, I ate a bagel today on, my, on my, one of my pages. I was like, oh, bless little Martha. Yeah, no, I love that. <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, well, two bagels a day. Um, but you've got to celebrate your wins yeah. as well. Yeah, and I think you? you don't realise how far you've come. Like, I was literally looking back at the old journal then that prompted me to write that Instagram caption because I was like, you know, I did used to just eat rice cakes and the amount of people who were literally like, oh, my goodness, me too. And it's just like... Yeah. I think a lot of people just don't realise what they're doing is disordered. Totally. <laughs> like, I think, I I, I mean, I, I probably still do it at times. Mm. I don't even realise. I'm like, oh, well, I should probably, you know, I don't need the rice today. And I, I do eat carbs and I eat. But now the way I eat is I want to be healthy mm. for me and the way it makes me feel. But I eat a lot of food. Mm. I'm, I'm never... I never go hungry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I have noticed that I don't snack as more. I'll eat more at a meal time. Yeah. So I have, I went to see a, um, she's, she was sort of a Chinese medicine acupuncturist in January because um, I just wanted to try acupuncture. But we also got into talking about um, my body mm. and my eating habits. And I mentioned I was always cold. Um, we figured out I had what's actually called a kidney yang deficiency. That's, that's for enough time. <laughs> and she was like, you must eat hot breakfast. Hmm. And I was like, oh, right. I don't really fancy. I would also like don't, if I'm going to work, I won't have, I sometimes have breakfast at work, which mm. is more cereal. And she was like, no, no, if you're always cold and you've got this naturally in you, you need to be having a hot breakfast. And now I do do, I, I try and do that or at least try and have breakfast. And I have really found that that does help. Mm. Not just the cold, but like sets you up for the day yeah. and things like that. So do you, I guess you're obviously teaching classes and you do a lot of fitness yourself. How do you now structure your food? I still, I'm still on the journey of trying to find hunger cues. Like I okay. still still struggle with them. So as a guideline, when I was with Rini McGregor, she told me to eat every, I think it was like two to three hours, mm-hmm. even if it's just a little snack, yep. just to kind of keep your cortisol levels balanced yes. and just to keep your body safe because you've gone from eating literally nothing to now. You just want your body to trust you. So eating every kind yeah, of two like to three hours. It's like building a relationship back yeah. with your body, isn't it? And like... I mean, don't get me wrong, I've got to a stage now where if I'm not hungry, I won't eat. But if I haven't eaten for maybe six hours, I'm still not hungry, I will eat something purely to kind of be like, I am, I am, I promise you, body, I am trying to be nice to you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just, I now think, I, I, food is there as fuel, but is there for enjoyment as well. So it's just like, I'll make sure I eat before I do anything. So I've got the fuel to be like Martha again. Yeah. And did you notice before when you did have disordered eating that you were always tired? Mm. Yeah, yeah. The, the side effects. I mean, look back at it now, it's just like I was never really fully in conversations. My mind would be drifting. Did you have headaches? Never headaches, headaches. but I didn't sleep very well at right. all. Constantly mm-hmm. awake throughout the night, constantly going to the toilet, always needed a wee. <laughs> Did you drink lots of water? No, that's just a sign of really low estrogen. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like waking up through the night, uh, my nails are breaking all the time. My hair was dry. Um, loads of spots all the time. Um, but yeah, yeah so just... they they are side effects, aren't they? Yeah, and I just didn't think about it at the time. I just yeah. <laughs> always think back to I think it was lockdown when I was blaming my bad sleep on my pillow. I was like, yeah. no, Mum, I need a new pillow. It's it's the pillow. <laughs> Got a new yeah. pillow. It didn't make a difference. It's just because I wasn't eating. <laughs> yeah, and sleep 
is so important to your mood mm. and it's all just knock on effects isn't yeah. it yeah how did you used to feel about going out for dinner i know it was a lockdown so maybe you couldn't at the time but um, did, would that ever set off anxiety in you to be like i've got to uh, eat in front of people was that ever a thing no i didn't mind eating in front of people i think when i went out for dinner i would always eat and that wouldn't really stress me out but then i would use that as an excuse then to do even more exercise the following day you. okay it was never a kind of oh, Martha, you're not really eating that much. I would always eat the same yeah. as everyone else. Yes, but... because I was going to say, that is something that I think you people can notice if you go out for dinner and, and you think maybe one of your friends has, you know, mm. looked like they have lost a lot of weight or something, and you think, but she ate. But that yeah. doesn't mean that it's okay, does it? No, that might have been their only meal of the yeah, day. Exactly. And like, yeah. Yeah, and walking there and things like that. Yeah, I'd always, I'd always walk to a meal, always walk and walk back as well. But I'm getting the bus. Really? <laughs> An hour later, I'm still walking. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, and um, so then where are you at in your recovery now, would you say? I mean, physic, I still don't have a menstrual cycle, so okay. that's still something I'm working on, but I think that's Thank you for something. That. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that will come when my body fully trusts me. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I think because I've, you know, I've, I've gained the weight that i had lost in the mm-hmm. first place and i'm at a set point weight now where i kind of got weighed every week in therapy and mm-hmm. i eat what i want i exercise when i want so obviously i think my body is happy at this weight but yeah. i think it's going to need time to trust it yeah so like physically i feel like i'm almost there yep um mentally i still have struggles but i feel like everyone does yeah this, i think that would be great for people to know yeah, yeah. i think it's never People always say you see all these like influencers online being like, "Yeah, I'm fully recovered." It's like, yeah. there's always something that's yeah. gonna, and that's okay, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's fine. Like it's the awareness. Yeah, and I found being open about it on Instagram, and especially like, I feel like a lot of clients as well have opened up with me as well, and they come to my classes purely because yeah. they know that I'm quite open, and yeah, I know that if they want to take a break, they take a break, or if they've if they've had an eating disorder and they've come to me because it's their first class they want to do, like I, they know that I'm the kind of safe person for that that's lovely mm. but you, what you said about your hair and your nails they do look great. yeah they're very long today aren't they <laughs> i was just noticing when you said it i was like yeah, the nails are definitely yeah. covered and the hair <laughs> and the skin is glowing um okay and do you think there's an element of how you feel about yourself in kind of like the self-love way have you noticed yeah that's that i think that's why i try to go back to therapy i'm still struggling with the whole self-worth okay self-worth thing i think People don't talk about enough the actual gaining weight situation because as soon as you're gaining weight, yes, you're gaining weight, but I think you are also losing what you detached yourself to. So now I've kind of gained the weight. I've, I feel, yes, I feel better, like physically and like internally, and like I'm able to sleep. All this kind of yeah. amazing stuff that's happened. There's still part of me that's like, oh, well, I've let myself go because I've gained the weight. Right. So still, yeah, yeah, you've got to balance that. Yeah, you? I think it's and, the, yeah, and I think yeah, therapy. Would you consider? So you you are considering that, that would probably be a good path. Yeah, to I think work on that next bit. Yeah, I think more of the kind of self worth. Yeah, because I like you're as in you're not defined by your weight. Yeah, and I think I for you know three or four years I had been just known as the fitness one. Even people from back home would be like, God, you look like you're smashing life, like so much fitness and all this stuff. And as soon as I've got rid of that, and I don't even like post about 
any exercise I do anymore, whereas that literally used to be my Instagram was just fitness, fitness, fitness. Yeah. I love your outfit posts. Oh, thank you. When you do your outfits in your garden. So that was, that was an that. aim of the recovery. Was yeah. I think I was on holiday with my mum, and my mum was just like, I wish you would, you know, stop wearing baggy clothes. Yes. So yeah. I was just like, you know what? Yeah, okay, let's make this a challenge of every time I have a day off, stop wearing baggy clothes and I love hide that. my body and try and put something fashionable on. Yeah, I like <laughs> that you've got these incremental steps that you take mm. and you stick to them. Yeah, and hopefully it helps other people. Yeah, definitely. I love that. But I think the self-love, self-worth thing is something we all struggle with. Mm. And like you can be the most confident person on the outside, but that doesn't mean that you don't have some of these problems yeah. inside. I think and and I think I've I've got, I've definitely worked on that this year and I've had therapy. I had a hip like a hypnosis kind of therapy and it's been a bit of a game changer and it made me realize that I thought my self-worth was really high. But when you go in, you realize <laughs> that and it, and it was in some areas of my life, absolutely. Yeah. And it's only when you kind of are ready to go really deep with yourself mm-hmm. and be like, oh, wow, that's come up and I didn't I didn't think I was like that. Or yeah. I didn't think I was feeling like that. But when, once you do do that and you can change it, that is when the magic happens. Yeah. So I think you're right about not just kind of with eating disorders, but self-worth in general and self-esteem. And if you you go deep, but you've got to be ready for it. And I think being ready for it is, is actually the key. Mm. And I think especially in the industry I'm in, is that everyone's like, oh, you must be so confident to be able to, you know, teach 80-odd people. Like, you can talk to anyone. And it's like, yeah, and I I don't put on, ever put on a front in my classes. Like, I am who I am kind of thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean inside I am confident. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a confident person, but... But self-esteem and self-worth and confidence are different things. Yeah. I learned that. Yeah. And it's kind of like... You can be this on the outside, and that's not fake. Mm. It's, but it's also like when you go home and you know you think about things, you 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 can also be struggling with it at the same yeah. time, can't you? Oh, amazing. Um, okay, so what would you have advice for? I guess we can start with someone that's actually listening to this and thinking, okay, I'm being honest with myself. I think I'm I'm struggling with disordered eating. I say reach out to a professional there's way too many voices on Instagram these days I mean it's great that so many people are vocal about eating disorders who are like influencers and stuff I think it's great but then you've got to remember they're not professionals what they're giving you in advice advice wise take it but you need to actually speak to someone who's professional so GP first if you are financially able Rena McGregor um yeah professional people yeah okay and what about if what about advice? I know you kind of touched on this for if someone has a friend that they really think is going through it or a family member. Um, try and be as kind as you can with them. Uh, take them out for coffee or even even a walk. Like if that's going to make the person happy, yeah. <laughs> take, take them to something that they feel comfortable in. Take them to an environment they feel confident and comfortable in um, and just mention that, you know, you're there for them. That's, that's all they'll need to hear. Yeah, because I think... For someone that isn't in that situation, isn't going through it, I think maybe some people find it hard to imagine how that person does mm. feel. Like what you said, someone would be like, can't you just eat that? Yeah. And you're like, no, I can't just eat that. And I think that would probably be really important to remember that yeah. you're not, their mind isn't isn't reacting the same as yours to mm. food. And you've got to kind of remember that it, it is an illness at some point, isn't it? So I think that's really nice advice. Okay, great. I've loved this chat. <laughs> Thank you for being so open and honest. And is there anything else you would like to to add to anyone? 
Um, Anything just, in terms of exercise, actually? Yeah, I, exercise is a really... Because obviously it's my job and I want people to move and, you know, movement can help. Yeah, but I getting do, that balance. Yeah, I just... I see it way too often of people doing double classes, triple classes, you know, posting that they've done this, posting their stats. I just think it's kind of got... Wearing it as like a badge of honour. Yeah. Mm. It's like, when is it going to stop? When someone going to go, actually, you know what? You don't need to do that much exercise. Yeah. You can just do... You can even have a whole week of doing nothing and that's yeah. okay. Like, Yeah, and do you know what? That's even something I, I, I sometimes think that. I'm mm. like, so I'm going on holiday next week and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do a one rebel for a week. It's mm. okay. Yeah. But I do I do have to catch myself and be like, that's fine. Yeah. In fact, sometimes I find when I don't exercise for a week, my body feels better and stronger to come back afterwards. Mm. Having that whole week off or even two weeks. Yeah. But that's a really good point. And, yeah. I, and I don't know if it's also just because it comes part of someone's routine that them not exercising for a week feels a bit weird. But... I guess that is maybe one of those little things that people don't think there's a problem with. Yeah, and know? I think, I i mean, my aim is to completely change the industry and make everyone aware of, yeah. you know, you don't have to do double classes or, you know, you can take a week off. And, you know, if you if you are injured, you don't have to do the class. You can rest. Like, But yeah. I think, as I said before, you have to learn for yourself. Yes, there's only so much I can do and so yeah, much things that. I can be vocal about, but everyone's got to learn for themselves. Yeah, and I guess then while we're on this, are there any little things that if someone's listening that you, you that you think are signs that they might be struggling with disordered eating, but they're kind of not big enough to kind of be like, I've, yeah, like to acknowledge they've got a problem. But I, I guess maybe not, not eating carbs and little things like that. Yeah, I mean, like there's that. obviously the physical things yeah. which I spoke about, about like hair, you know, yeah. dry skin, all the kind of kneading wee all the time. Um uh, I'd say if you rely on your watch or any tracking devices, I'd say right. that's when you can kind of tell there's an issue if there's a constant checking checking your watch, you know, checking how many steps you've done. A step seems to be a massive thing at it the does, moment. And it's, it? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, obviously, this, there was a trigger warning, obviously, but please, you know, <laughs> don't do this. But like walking on the spot was a massive thing for me. Was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, anything to do with your tracking devices, focusing on your calories burn on your tracking devices because they're not accurate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, and just noticing if you feel guilt attached to food and exercise, I think that's when you kind of know there's a problem. And just kind of letting yourself be open and aware to these little things. Yeah. Because I guess for some people, they, they're just normal. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank this you. It's been lovely. And I know it will help a lot of people. And I know it's been vulnerable and you've been so lovely and honest. So thank you so much. It's all right. If I can help anyone. <laughs> yeah. So I usually ask everyone at the end for one of their favourite quotes. Do you have a favourite quote? Ooh. It can be anything that you kind of live your life by or you just kind of have saved on your phone or to be fair I think when I first joined Rebel we had to get asked our favourite quote and I think mine on the website actually I still love I think it's I mean correct me if I'm wrong it's your energy is the sexiest thing about you yeah I love that yeah your energy I think that's quite fitting and also <laughs> like these days we work in energy don't we <laughs> <laughs> that's great um okay and a book recommendation oh goodness I love my books yes, if you know me <laughs> got a whole highlights on my Instagram um oof I'd say anxious people okay. I don't want to butcher the author's name it's Frederick mm, 
Oh, we, I'll find it and tag it in the show. Yeah, sure, yeah. anxious people. Or, oh, gosh, there's so many. There's so many. So there? many. The Hearts Invisible Furies. Yeah, just okay. head to my book highlights okay. on Instagram. I've got a myriad amount. <laughs> and then a piece of life advice you'd give your younger self. <gasps> Young Martha. I think just that you'll get there eventually, I think. Yeah, take yeah. time. Yeah. Good things take time. Yeah, that's great. We haven't had that one. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Where can the listeners find you if they would like to reach out? Um, so on Instagram, I'm Martha Moo with a little kiss on the end. Martha and Moo. then obviously in my One Rebel class if you want to come. <laughs> yeah, so you, Martha teaches reformer, don't you? And ride yep. and reshape yep. at One Rebel. And I can confirm her classes are great. <laughs> and the One Rebel community is, is great. And I love being a membership there. And I don't feel like I would ever go to a normal gym again. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been great to chat to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Wholeness with Hannah. I hope you found it insightful and uplifting. And my one wish is that it's left you a little more equipped than it found you. Shout out to my amazing guests and my wonderful producer, Mariana. If you could subscribe, rate and review, I'd love you forever because it really helps the podcast. Or share with a friend if you think it will help them. You can also follow the pod on Insta at Wholeness with Hannah. Thanks and see you next episode.